When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Hello and welcome to... Oh, shit. Sorry. (laughs) The suspense is killing me. Just start the fuck... Hello and welcome to Loose Units, Loose Ends, the weekly podcast that we created to help keep you company during the quarantine period. I'm Paul Verhoeven, that's John Verhoeven, and Dad, last week you promised a really spooky story. I did. And to set the atmosphere for you, because you don't know what I'm about to say, do you? No. Prior. (laughs) No, I do. I mean, the thing is, I do know loosely what you're going to say. It's the specifics, right? Like, if we say we're going to Disneyland and you say, okay, I'll get us there. Don't ask me how I'm going to get there. And we plow through 15 cornfields. We technically got there, but it was up to you how we got there. True, true. Well, look, um, I'm home alone today. Ooh. Yeah. Christine's working. Okay. Two days out of five, she goes into her office, into her very stressful job. Mm. Um, did you just say the breadwinner? Just to get a rise out of it. Mate, that is, <laughs> that is offensive. Because I do go to the bakers occasionally. Right, but you pay for the bread, presumably. You don't enter some sort of raffle. No. But anyway, look back to what we were talking about. Spooks. I'm going to tell a bit of a creepy story now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But what I've done, the reason I said to you and the listeners that I am by myself is that I've actually closed all the blinds. They're actually shutters. Right. Shutters are great because they block out a lot of the light. Yeah. And I've closed all the windows. I've sealed them, not with tape, yeah. like electrical tape. Sure. But um, I've sort of wound them pretty tight. Mm-hmm. And I have created an atmosphere of semi-horror in our little place here. So, <laughs> Does that sound weird? Well, yeah, I mean... I mean, semi-horror, that's... I'm overstating things. Yeah, I've, dimmed, I've dimmed the lights. Right, okay. So, you've, you just tried to give it a bit of a, you know... Some atmosphere. Creep, creepy ambience, yeah. Yeah, okay. not so much creepy, but as Spooky. everyone knows, as a lot of people know, mm. we are... Um, we've been doing this for a long time, haven't we? We have, yes, yes. And um, I, I love it. I look forward immensely to our interaction over the airwaves. Um, at least once a week and now twice a week. Yeah. And I really hope that our listeners um, are enjoying themselves, enjoying the ride, and uh, we're going to be coming into a, a whole new season soon, aren't we? Yes, we are. Dad, what are, what other things would you consider adding to your spooky ambience to kind of, you know, make it a bit creepier? Do you have any, like, plastic skeletons or spooky sounds or anything? Well, looking around the apartment, yeah, I could, um, I could put my... My rucksack over my head. Sure, sure. But that'd be somewhat muffled. That would affect the acoustics, yeah. It would, so I won't do that. You know what I could we, do is I could, because I edit, I edit this and I'm the, kind of the audio engineer, I could put some spooky sounds in occasionally if you'd like. 
You could. Uh, <clears throat> for some of the listeners that follow me on Instagram, we have a, I say we, <clears throat> we have a, uh, a rhinoceros. Uh huh. That is made of some resin. Yep. Um, I'm looking at the rhino right now. Mm-hmm. And um, that'd be weird if uh, that rhino came to life, for example. Oh, no, here it is now. Oh. That'd be weird. Um, but to get back on track, yes. because um, as the listeners know, I do like to stay on topic. Mm-hmm. So I'm having coffee with a mate of mine who who was pretty high up in the New South Wales Fire Brigades. He's a lovely guy. Yeah. We coffee together five mornings a week after my uh, soft sand run and ocean swim. Yes, yes. He, he tells me this story two weeks ago. And I'm just sitting there having a coffee. No, I think we touched on this in the last episode. Yes, you in did. Terms you, uh, of a bit of a prequel. I teased it. I teased mm. it. And um, he tells me this story and it, it, it's kind of somewhat of a segue into not so much the funeral industry, but our. I think we're going to do something on something else soon, are we? Like in following up prior to finishing this season are we allowed to talk about that or is that another surprise leave that cool yeah so that's two surprises that the poor listeners will be waiting for well not poor in that i mean you know not poor when ultimately happy although the topics are a bit shuts up (laughs) (laughs) but um i so i'm sitting there having coffee in 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 manly i shouldn't be laughing because it's pretty depressing story Okay. And he, I have been, you know, we trade stories. We've been doing so not since time immemorial because that's too long, but for a long time. I mean, I thought I'd heard all the stories and he uh, he, he loves the podcast, funnily enough, and he's he's read your first book and thinks it's a cracker. Ah, excellent. And um, he was a relieving station officer. Yeah. And you know how I was a relieving fireman and I used to work all over Sydney. He was a station officer in the New South Wales Fire Brigades. I was a relieving firefighter. Uh-huh. And um, he went to a particular station. Um, I'll name the station. It was Darlinghurst, okay. which is one of the busiest stations in uh, New South Wales. It's it's sort of we live really close to that fire station, right? And it's just an it's an exciting, amazing sort of vibrant, busy station uh, for lots of reasons. Do you recall the Backpackers Fire? Uh, no, I don't. Horrendous, absolutely horrendous fire. Okay, okay. And um, and quite a few backpackers uh, died. Yeah. And my good friend, the day he started at Darlinghurst, relieving, um, they'd received information that a person from, I think it was either New South Wales or Sydney University, was completing a PhD. Mm-hmm. And they wanted uh, to do a research into post-traumatic stress uh, disorder or syndrome and she'd organised with the fire brigade could she come out to uh, and to a fire station to talk with firefighters about any of their experiences mm-hmm. and the brigade had said look uh, Darlinghurst is a, is a good choice um, Why do you do think th- they said that? Oh because because of the nature of, of, of the workload and, and the exposure to uh, extreme events Gotcha um, It's unlikely that they would have said to her um, oh look go to Avalon because it would have been a bit of a fizzer. Sure, sure. Uh, with the greatest of respect to the fire is at Avalon mm. who do an incredible job. But, you know, let's face it, the fire is at Avalon and the fire is at Darlinghurst both know that those stations are almost di- diametrically opposed in terms right. of 
the exposure to, uh, mm-hmm. to, to major incidents. Yeah. So my mate, he's sitting down in the mess room in the morning and all the fires are gathered around and there's this lady sitting there and she begins the discussion and they're chatting away and she wants to find out how fireys cope with um, stressful things that they've seen and they're going around the table and they're all relating stories that were um, you know in in, in, in terms of uh, creepy or horrendous or distressing you know, they're all fairly, I won't say mundane, but they were what you'd expect of the type of incidents and things that these fires had seen. And there were no real surprises. And she's taking notes and every time a fiery would say, oh, you know, I'd been to a particular incident and she'd then say, well, you know, how did you cope afterwards? And uh, the New South Wales Fire Brigades have historically always had a chaplain. Mm-hmm as does the police force. Um, and these chaplains, I think they were pretty important. They held a uh, sort of a counselling role when they'd rock up to, to major events and they were of various denominations mm-hmm. and they were just there to sort of, you know, you could go and talk to them and um, I think they've sort of moved, not so much moved on, um, but police chaplaincy and fire brigade, I'm not sure about the, the ambulance service um, mm-hmm. or the RFS or down where you are, the CFS. Is it CFS, CF, CFA? CFA. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, a lot of these institutions and historically have always regarded chaplaincy as a uh, as an important part of the job. And, and they wore uniforms. Like the fire brigade chaplain wore a fire brigade uniform and he was given um, sort of substantive rank. I think it yeah. was inspector. Um so anyway, the conversation's going round, and then they come to this fiery, and he, he he's you know just a, a normal guy, and he's sitting there, and she says to him, "Oh, um, you know, have you ever experienced any trauma?" And he says, "Well, yes, actually, I was um, one of the first at the scene of the notorious and very famous Backpackers Fire." Horrendous, horrendous fire up here in King's Cross. Right. And he talks about how he went into the various rooms and there were these young people in their teens and early 20s, uh, all deceased, but not burnt. They'd all asphyxiated. Right. And he described their faces as sort of wax-like. And for those people that have been to Madame Tussard's Two sides. Okay. Um, they, you will appreciate that when you look at a wax figure, it does have that that waxy kind of funny about that. That's yeah, like shiny, yeah. shiny. Mm. Um, not dissimilar to someone that's been embalmed. Okay. But that's another story. Yep. And um, and he re- he's recounting this story how he's looking down at these uh, these young people um, and they were just sort of like mannequins lying there. And it obviously um, was pretty, pretty full on. And like a lot of emergency service personnel and also people in the military, yeah. at the time you're in uniform, you're doing what you've got to do, you see things but perhaps they don't necessarily register Mm-hmm. Um, so deeply 
And the conversation's going along and everyone's sort of listening and she's taking notes. Then he says, and my friend, after what this guy said, my friend who was the officer in charge, Mm. he said the atmosphere in the room changed dramatically. And what happened was he said three months after that event, he was um, driving in the city um, in a fire engine mm-hmm. and um, he pulled up at a set of lights and all the pedestrians were walking past and one just stared at him and it was one of the people from the fire, one of the dead people was in the group of pedestrians walking in front of the fire engine and eyeballed him and just stared and as they walked, their neck kept turning and turning back and back. And that's fucked. And then, months after that, you can imagine the reaction of everyone at the table. My mate, the SO, and the uh, the lady from the university and all the colleagues, just no one had heard this before. He'd, he'd never said anything. Yeah. And then um, he was at a football match one of the big matches in one of the big Sydney stadiums and he's uh, enjoying the game and then a couple of rows in front of him, this person turned and looked at him and it was another person from the fire, another dead person at the football match was just staring at him. Can you believe that? So that's two and my friend, I, I checked with my mate this morning and my friend said that it actually happened a third time but we didn't... um. We didn't need to, or we didn't go into the third time. You can just imagine that it was a similar situation. Oh, and God. then, you know, this the whole atmosphere was sort of. And now, when I heard that story a week or two ago, I was, yeah. you know, that freaked me out um, because you see and hear about things like that in the movies, but this this was a real. And then, of course, the um, the lovely lady said, "Well, look, um, you know, has this? Did you seek any, uh, or have you sought any?" Um, you know, counselling or treatment, and he said, no. And, uh, yeah, and there was just silence around the table. So there's a story that is uh, is pretty heavy and pretty full-on, and that's uh, an example. There are various ways of looking at that particular story. Yeah. Um, you could say that, um, well, God, you can say, oh, God, you hate to think about it. But well... It's, it's heavy, isn't it? One, I mean, there's really, as far as I'm concerned, there are two explanations one is that he was experiencing you know like psychological distress after having seen some terrible things if you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery think again juvederm volux xc is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime even better this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment no maintenance required improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with juvederm volux xc for important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for 
for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. And the second one is that he actually saw dead people. That's right. Yeah. Be completely honest with me. Um, do you think it's possible that he saw dead people? Well... When you consider that we're going to be doing an entire season of the funeral industry, mm. by the time we've finished that particular that season, you, you can ask me that question again at the end of that. How's that sound? That sounds really good. Yep. That sounds really good. I, I, when I was a kid, I was, you know, if you've read the book, you'll understand. Uh, if you've read Loose Units, you'll understand exactly what this means. But when I was a kid, I was, you know, I stumbled into dad's old case files and I had recurring nightmares and night terrors and all my kind of psychological things either branched from that or made that worse. And one of the things that scared the crap out of me was the possibility that dead people weren't dead. And I, for one, am looking forward to kind of confronting a few of my, not phobias, but not not phobias uh, in the next season of Loose Units. Dad, that was, story was really creepy. That was properly creepy. Mm. And true as are all the stories that anyone's ever heard. I mentioned to you that my mm-hmm. aunt, who's quite a famous author, you know, she said to me six months ago, she said, oh, John, and I may have mentioned this, but I'll just, I just want to say it again. Um, sure. That is that she said, look, you're going to start running out of stories. She said, You'll ha- you're going to have to start making them up. And I looked at her and I said, Franny, I said, shit, I've just used her name. I said, Franny, I said, um, you know, I can't make the stories up. And when they run out, they run out. But when you're taking notes, copious notes your books mm. you know and it's it's really important and and i and i love paul the way you occasionally call me when you're writing these two books and and you've done it quite a few times and you fact check i think it's really important paul um there was the first book uh, loose units which was um in relation to the first book you know how i'm heading down george street in the holden with the fuzzy mm. dice and the ping of the and the and the movie playing you know puberty blues that was just so gripping and you sort of you know you ran a a line down my my life and and then um without giving too much away with the second book you've you've kind of expanded everything so right. yeah it's it's going to be just sort of bigger than it's kind of going to going to be like my story on speed do you think that's a fair analogy yeah it's you know it's like it's like if you told the story to a hollywood executive and they went away and wrote a, a film based on what happens? So the the stories it's based on are all true, mm. but there's you know in order to turn it into a really good story, there's you know it's 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 my version of your events basically. Yeah. No, it's um, wonderful. I think it's mm. really exciting, and you're a really good storyteller. So you know I'm looking forward to uh, <laughs> I'm really looking forward to sort of tucking into it to reading it. Yeah. To reading um, it. 
I have a question here. Uh, Well, yeah, so this is from Emma Giddens. Why do ambulances sometimes drive around with their lights flashing but no sirens? Oh, that's such a good question. (laughs) Um, She said, I always thought ambulances always had to use the siren all the time, but sometimes they don't. Not sure if this has been asked already, but I'd love to know the answer. I can't wait to read the books. Thanks, Paul. It's, um, It's a really wonderful question. And, you know, the sirens are generally used to get somewhere really quickly, either to or from or to the hospital from the incident. But bearing in mind you've got people inside the ambulance, you know, it's not necessary to have the siren. It can cause great trauma to the person being uh, worked on inside. You know, sometimes they just, they don't need the siren. Uh, The light will suffice. Look, there are lots of situations that happen inside ambulances that we're not privy to. Um, They might be doing some really, really technical, difficult work. They might need to just slow it right down and, and just sort of zone onto the problem at hand okay um and also um you know they may have an escort a police escort and that also for for the listeners it's also uh uh interesting to know that also police cars and fire engines in fact all emergency services at least when i was in um both those uh jobs that there there were certain places that you were told that you were not supposed to use the siren and and one of them uh, is a place of worship Right, okay. And also hospitals. You know, it's not cool unless it's really, really necessary. But, you know, if if you're in an emergency service vehicle heading to some job and you're heading past uh, a hospital, for example, you know, if you can, it might be nice to turn the siren off and keep the lights going. Um, There's a bit of discretion. It's not necessary to have your siren on, correct me if I'm wrong, Mm. at three in the morning when there's not another car on the road. Yeah, okay. Because the siren is there to warn other cars to get out of the way. Right. And we used to have the massive uh, massive air horns on the on the big fire engines, on the super pumpers. I was taught very, very early on in the job that when you pull down on that big cord mm. um, and these incredible air horns um, let go, what you're actually doing was saying, get out of the fucking way Right. when okay. you pull down on the horn. Did you ever um, whack on the sirens just for fun? Just never. To get places quicker? No? Never? No. No, never. That's um, good. I had a really, really nice um, message this morning, and this guy works in the Pilbara. Yep. And uh, his name is Mick, and he drives a road train and big graders and, like, incredible heavy-duty... It's the big league. Like, road trains are mm. stupendous. He said, I work in the northern goldfields of Western Australia. I listened to the book in the grader whilst grading the roads to the mine for the trucks. Religiously listen to the podcast. As soon as they come up on Spotify, you two make me laugh. Uh, he sent me a few snaps of some of the gear. I just said, those photos are unreal, Mick. I'll give you a shout out in the Friday episode. Fuck, I love big machines. Awesome and thanks. Um, and then he wrote, thanks, mate. Say good day to Christine and Paul. And he sent me a few snaps that are not for press, he explained. Okay. But I'll tell you what, you know, we've got listeners everywhere. We do. 
we really do. We've got listeners all over the world, actually. And we actually got an update from our fireman friend over in Scotland uh, saying that his, uh, you know, his job's going well. Fantastic. Yeah. So everything's, you know, everything's coming up hunky-dory. And obviously, we have something pretty special planned over the coming weeks that we can't talk about in terms mm. of the podcast. Yep. So, you know, make sure you keep your ears peeled for that. I keep using that expression. It's, it's very, it sounds very painful. Ears peeled. Keeping your ears peeled. It's not even a real expression, is it? It's it reminds not. me of um, when I used to go to the odd post-mortem when they'd uh, use a scalpel. I don't know whether they still do this, but they would cut from one ear to the other, but from behind. So they'd cut the back, if you can imagine, oh, sort of a semicircle. Yeah. Then they'd get their fingers underneath the skin and they'd pull the skin away from the skull and they'd actually fold. And so the hair was on the inside and they'd clip the fold, your entire skull underneath your chin. Can you imagine what that looked like? So you Disgusting. couldn't see the face of the deceased. Oh, God, oh. that's bad. And then they'd use this special drill and they'd remove the top of the skull and use a, some implement because there'd be a fair bit of suction from underneath and they'd kind of pop it off. It looked like a skull cap, like the Pope's hat. Oh. And they'd pop it off and, hey, presto, there's the brain. And then they'd remove the brain. And I remember standing, I was actually called to the back to look down and you could just see this massive black hole and that was the beginning of everything that travels down the spine. All the nerves. How good's that? I don't know if good's the word I'd use. I was doing a job uh, a few days ago for a particular medical organisation that shall remain nameless, but they had some 1950s medical books and they had one on hand surgery. And I'm in the middle of this pretty intense hanging job because, shit, not people, but for those people that, you know, I hang pictures. And... um I couldn't resist it, and I opened up the book, and it was so messed up for me, uh, but it made me realise how incredibly complex the hand is. And uh, I've heard it said, and people may or may not agree with this, but um, I've heard that the hand is second only in terms of complexity to the brain. How's that? That's just fine. Isn't that amazing? (laughs) Oh, boy. Hmm. Well, listen, everyone, um, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Loose Ends. Dad and I are going to take a a well-earned break over the weekend, and we'll be back first thing next week. Dad, anything else you want to say before we bump out? Any other gross stuff you want to kind of lay at people's feet? Look, there are lots of things I could, but I won't, because um, I'm just the imagery of that hand, because they had a lot of post-mortem photos in the books. Sure. Did I ever tell you the story that my good friend in Armadale, when I was about seven... His mum was a nurse, and when the parents used to go out, I'm sure I mentioned this, we used to sneak a look at some of her medical books. I think I mentioned it to you once. And as a seven-year-old, I was so fascinated with anatomy and some of the photographs, one in particular. It's, it's, I can't get the image out of my mind. Do you want to know what the image is? I, I know, I, I'm quite sure I've told the listeners, but I'll tell you again because it's just okay. was a person lying on their side. And I remember... <laughs> oh, God, it's so... But it's, it's this... It's this kind of it's a it's a fascination with all things medical and i as a seven-year-old i used to we we just used to we found this book so interesting but one image i found so it's just so etched in my mind i can picture it to this very day it's a black and white photograph person on their side um no in the nude naked and they had this thing sticking out of their ass and i thought it was um a uh God. 
What's that? <laughs> Shit. I'm so traumatised, I can't think of the, the vegetable that I thought was sticking out of their ass. It was oh, a... God. Uh, I thought it was a capsicum. You know what? This call has to finish. We're done. Um, <laughs> we're done. <laughs> we're done. We're done. We're done. I thought it was a capsicum. Dad, we're done. <laughs> Seriously, we're done. And um, it turned out Dad. to be something else. Dad. We'll I'm... leave that up. We'll leave that to the <laughs> listeners. Paul, it's been a wonderful session and I, I thank you for your time as usual. I've enjoyed so your company and I look forward to uh, seeing and chatting with everyone next week. Love you, Dad. See you soon. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.